0: Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander, and I'm Simon. We are still very much knee deep in tech, and this is episode sixty nine, recorded on Thursday, the eighteenth of April, two thousand and nineteen. I am just a bit jet lagged.
1: You, you are, and, and you have. Um, I'm coping way better with jet lag than you usually do, but you, on the other hand, copes with the one hour change between summer and winter time way better than I do. That's that's true, but. I
0: have found something which has been known for years and years and years to pretty much everybody else, but I had completely missed it. There's something called melatonin, and <laughs> melatonin is is uh, kind of a sleep aid. It's It's being sold as a sleep aid, but when you actually look at the literature, it is pretty obvious that the only established effect that it has is to change... Or I should say to reset the circadian rhythm of your brain. Hmm. So I've started taking melatonin going to and from, especially in this case though the the, the US, because I'm looking at seven or eight or nine hours time difference, and it, it helped help me sleep much better, and just coping with and, and returning to whatever time zone I'm in at the specific moment. So I am very very happy that I found this and that it actually works for me it doesn't work for everybody
1: no that that's that's great good for you yes good for me i so
0: this is definitely not technical but it might be kind of interesting to to some of you listeners i just came back from chicago and the star wars celebration 9 of 2019 so about 40,000 star wars fans descended on mccormick place in chicago for 5 days of star wars Goodness, it was absolutely epic. A lot of interesting people, (laughs) amazing costumes. We got to see the teaser trailer for the Star Wars Episode Nine. It has been revealed to be called uh, Rise of Skywalker. Is that Uh, even a good name? I think it's a kind of a good name. Okay. Uh, And it... I mean, look at it like this. It's the, the end of the biggest saga in film history. It started back in 1977 and it is
1: ending in 2019. It is going to be epic. And I'm glad I'm like 10 kilometers away from you. You say Uh the most epic saga and the most long-running saga. Wouldn't you agree that James Bond would be the longest-running
0: Yes, and and no, because hard to say is, saga. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely a longer running franchise, uh, and it's about the same character, Sure, but eh, I'm still gonna
1: go with Star Wars. Yeah, that, yeah. I. And I having, wasn't expecting anything else, but no. uh
0: Yep. Yeah. And of course, we also saw the um, the trailer for the Mandalorian, which is is going to be a. Um, a full-feature TV series. Incidentally featuring one of the um, uh,
1: actors from Game of Thrones. Ah, interesting. And Mm. would this be a TV series that will run on regular channels or will this be a part of the new Disney-Netflix competitor?
0: It's going to be part of Disney's... I think it's called Disney Plus. (sighs) And and, uh, Disney has uh, told... uh, Everyone that they're going to start moving all of their content to Disney Plus uh, exclusively.
1: Yep, uh, no, no uh, real surprise there. Oh no, 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 no! It's Disney yep. after all. Yep, exactly. Right. So, so
0: let's go it, back to our regular programming.
1: <laughs> any any good technical takeaways from Celebration?
0: Um. Uh, well, it is it is difficult to to handle 40,000 people. And I've seen some better and worse designs for ticket handling, for instance. Uh, Some some events required uh, 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 external tickets. And for one event, I had to queue for about four hours just to get the ticket that I had already bought and paid for because they only used paper and actually... um, X'd out when you had got your your ticket in your hand. So that could have been handled much, much better. But I would have loved to see data on, inst- for instance, on on um, uh, fan movement and yep. where did people stop and what did people think about the trailers and so on and so forth. So there, if if it was available, which I don't think it is, which it shouldn't be because <laughs> nobody was asked for it, uh, the, the, the sheer amount of data that you could get out of one of these events is
1: staggering. Yeah, and I think that's... Um, um, we were tracked during Ignite, if you agreed to be so. Um, and I think that data would be interesting as well. I think they mainly used it to count the number of attendees for uh, um, sessions and so on. But that that infrastructure and the data they gathered must have been amazing to view.
0: It could be it could be definitely useful in order to work out where to place what kind of of structures, be it booths or or demos or whatever, and also absolutely. to to realize what demo is most interesting and and so on.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And speaking of interesting things,
1: the global Azure bootcamp is very, very quickly approaching. Yes, uh, it's actually next week. Yes, it is. So in nine days, in nine days so you you've got pretty much everything locked down right i think so uh, i'm publishing our agenda hopefully later today nice. but i'm um, i can say with confidence that this will be the best global Boot camp we've had in linchpin even better than last year exactly wow i'm I'm yep.
0: very, very much looking forward to this event not only as as a speaker but as a an organizer and just getting to meet people and it's kind yep. of a, it's it's a weird situation. I mean, Lynshopping is not that big of a city, and we are having some issues reaching people yep. so i'm I'm pretty sure that we could have like two times as many attendees if we
1: only knew where to to uh, uh, get them. But also we need to take into consideration that we are having the Ignite Tour next week as well. And uh, True. many of the attendees that attended last year will be at the Ignite Tour and will prioritize that over spending a full Saturday away from, from family. And so in addition to spending at least one night away during the Ignite Tour.
0: That That is a very good point, even though that the content is pretty much in no way overlapping i'd say
1: no no probably but, but
0: not. that's that's a very good point yeah because again friends and family
1: they do come first yeah but we we um we have some really good speakers and um i always love having speakers that we can't mention prior to the event and we can't can't mention where they work because those speakers will have some interesting stories to tell
0: oh yes just stay tuned but we um, can tell afterwards right
1: yeah we they they will introduce themselves at the event and uh, yeah yeah we'll, i i'm i'm thinking for for our listeners who could not make it to the event yeah of course and uh we'll cover everything from architecting azure applications to a lot of azure devops kubernetes uh, azure blueprints api management uh microsoft 365 of course so we, we have plenty. And uh, what have you decided what you will be speaking about yet? Yes, Azure
0: Machine Learning for the Absolute Beginner. It's, um, it's uh, another of my sessions that transcends, if you will, both infrastructure and, and dev, and in some ways architecture and, and managerial views on things as well. Because it's pretty much a, a discussion on what is machine learning for real, What can you use it for? What what is the hype? Uh, How difficult is it to to start? And also show some some, um, pretty neat implementations where AI actually makes a difference and not only is a cool acronym. Yeah,
1: that sounds great. What are you
0: going to talk about? Probably virtual desktop something,
1: something? Mm, No, I haven't decided yet to be completely honest because we are still... Throwing around a couple of sessions, ah. uh, but I'll probably talk about. Uh, I will of course mention Windows Virtual Desktop, mm-hmm. but I'll probably focus more on um, my my real area. Uh, so uh, Intune and uh, EMS probably. Ah, I see. Yep.
0: Great. So. What about the, the Ignite, the tour in Stockholm? Where are we with that? Because last time I heard, you have a ton of
1: stuff to do. Yes, I'll be doing one. So I'll be starting in the booth uh-huh. uh, Wednesday afternoon. The um, I don't even know if it's the learning or the M365 booth, but in, in, in the Microsoft area, at least, for Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh then Thursday I start off with proctoring a hands-on lab, moving on to doing a session on the um, M365 admin center, and then moving on to a theater session on the same same topic, and finishing off today with another boot duty. But that may also be uh just to start i may have some other things coming up as well but i'll be um, fully booked for thursday wow yeah sounds like it yep yeah, it will be great fun and uh if any of our listeners are at um, the ignite tour in stockholm please feel free to search both myself and alexander out and uh, give us some feedback on the podcast our blogs and uh, of course ask the questions you may have and, oh, um, oh, definitely. Alexander will, of course, include the uh, the link to uh, the Global Azure Bootcamp sign-up page because we still have slots left. So you are more than welcome to join us in Linköping on April 27th. And if you can't join us in Linköping, we, of course, encourage you to join a Global Azure Bootcamp where you are. And um, Aidan Finn also arranges a, a 24-hour-long online Global Azure Bootcamp that's worldwide. So Nice. Um, Ensure sure to catch at least one Global Azure camp.
0: Yep. So I'll be staffing the, the booth uh, from 10 to roughly 2 on Wednesday, the 24th. And on Thursday, the 25th, I am doing a breakout session uh, at 10.50. And this, this is going to be an interesting one because it is the Microsoft Power BI Enterprise-grade Analysis Services Models. And this is this is a deep session, very deep session with very specialized tools in Power BI for handling enterprise grade analysis models and and lots and lots of data. So it's it's going to be good fun. One of the most difficult
1: sessions I've ever done, but it's going to be good fun. And and I'm absolutely sure you will uh, pass it with flying colors. Ask
0: me again when we've done it. I'm sure I'll find some <laughs> things to improve on. <laughs> of course. That's, that's the way we roll. And uh, speaking of Power BI. Are there news? Are there news, the guy asks. Holy cow. Yes, there are news. So the April summary is out. And there are cool. some really really exciting new features. Let's start with the, uh, well, I I can talk about all of them, but I'm I'm just going to pick a few and just say a few words about them. So for instance, the filter pane improvements, the filter pane appeared a couple of months back and is slowly moving towards being the main way of filtering your reports. Probably probably preferable to using the, um, the slicers and so on, because this is a much more intuitive way of, of ap- applying several filters to your, your um, visuals. And the filter pane has been continually improving, and the, na- the last iteration is, is even better. Now, one of my favorite things that came rather recently was the key influencers, sorry about that, the key influencers visual. This is one of the AI on tap visuals where there's actually an AI model underneath that does some AI magic and gives you um, a visual with what drives a specific result. So, for instance, I, I used a data set uh, with um, heart disease where I have a lot of, of um, properties of each specific patient and one column that says yes this patient had a heart disease, or no, this patient didn't, was not diagnosed with a heart disease. And then I can choose the yes value and ask the visual to show me all of the drivers for this specific um, result. And for instance, you can tell immediately that you're, I think it was like eight times more likely to be diagnosed with heart disease if you are a male. Yep. Now, that's an interesting discussion in itself. Does that mean that male or males are eight times more likely to have heart disease? But we'll leave that for another day. That's the interesting part about data. Uh-huh. So the visual now supports continuous analysis for numeric targets and not just disparate targets. So it is increasingly becoming more and more um, impressive in itself, and I think that this visual is going to be absolute key moving forward, this and, and all the other uh, upcoming
1: AI on tap thingies. Yeah, and I think that I think that these kinds of features also helps more people to actually find the real value in the data they have.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people have a lot of data, but no insights.
1: Yeah, and, and, and no t- clue where to
0: start. Exactly, exactly. And then taking your data and creating insights is much more difficult than it sounds because anybody could just rack up a all, all crap ton of data. But do yep. something with it, that's, that's difficult. Exactly. And that also leads us to a new feature. Do you know what drill-through is?
1: It sounds like something Elon Musk would do.
0: <laughs> so f- take a look at your, your aggregates for sales aggregates for for a year, for instance. But if you want to see exactly what happened in June, this is where you drill through to the detail level and see all your sales in June. Okay? Okay. So this was doable between uh, tabs in one report. So you can have one tab with the aggregates and one tab with the details. You with me so far? Yes. Think about how cool it would be if you could drill through across reports. And as of April,
1: you can. So would that mean that you could have several reports on whatever? And then if you want to see data on whatever from a certain month, you can see all of those reports in one tab. Or am I wrong? No.
0: Uh, so you have one report with your aggregate data. And when yep. you do right-click, drill through, you can drill through into another report. Ah, okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. That That's is really awesome. useful. And, and it, it, it creates so many interesting opportunities. For instance, the, the button that can link to anything that we saw, uh, I think it was one or two episodes ago, that is yep. one step, and this is another step in order that enables us to create very rich experiences when it comes to really, really exploring your data. Yeah, that's great. And we have the Power BI Data Flows connector now generally available because of the simple fact that Power BI Data Flows is generally available. Really? We also, yes, it's epic. And we have data profiling and enhancements, and again, general availability, this is one of the um, things that have pretty much flown under the radar for most people. It is possible to get a, a rough data profiling um, view to just quickly see what does your data look like. Do we have any errors? Do we have any missing values? And so on and so forth. It's, it's perfect for just a quick overview. Yep. And of course, the Power BI paginated report builder was released the other day this is going to be the main way to create paginated reports in Power BI going forward. And And what's a paginated report? Uh, That's also one of the worst names they've actually come up with. This is running Power BI, uh, sorry, running SQL Server reporting services, static reports in Power BI. Ah, okay. Yep. Cool. So kind of cool, kind of cool. So yep. what's, what's been happening in your neck of the woods?
1: Since we're talking about GAs, uh-huh. um, did I mention the last time, I don't think I did, that the password protection for local AD is now GA. Password uh, protection for local AD, what does that mean? So it's an AD Premium P1 feature. Mm-hmm. And this feature is actually, actually available in Azure AD uh, already. And, you know, I, I think both you and I and many with us have at some point reset a password for a colleague or a user or whatever. Oh, yeah. And especially if you are going to communicate a new password over a phone, you usually want to set it to something simple. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I would probably set spring 2019 exclamation mark as a password. Sure. Um, But usually in, in some cases the users aren't enforced to change that password or they set similar passwords by themselves. Because if you look at it, Spring with a large S, small letters, 2019, exclamation mark, fulfills all the requirements that we usually set in our AD for passwords. Yeah, except it, for it, length. Yeah, it depends on, on if it's a regular user account. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say that eight characters is, is the norm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you can build a very simple password that still fulfills all the requirements of being a complicated password yeah so password protection uh, protects you from those kinds of simple password and will first and foremost gather data from microsoft so microsoft have an own undisclosed list of simple passwords that they will prevent you from setting and you can then add your own custom list to that so if we were to ban the word spring from passwords, you wouldn't be able to set spring 2019 exclamation mark, or to be honest, you would, uh, since it actually fulfills the requirement of being complicated enough. Uh, but that that's another story. We we can talk about it, how it calculates that later on. So it, so it's in, in, in practice a f-
0: slightly more clever blacklist thing. Exactly,
1: yeah. Uh, which is super useful and one of my favorite features for organizations that are afraid of the cloud to start using and uh, see how the cloud actually can enhance security on prem. That's an interesting proposition right there. Yep. And I think that that, that uh, was what I presented on at the Systems and the User Group a couple of weeks ago. Basically features you can use to enhance your on-prem environment from the cloud without necessarily uploading a bunch of data to it. Ah, quite interesting.
0: Absolutely. So does this work with the AD sync and that's where it
1: gets information from or how does it work? Uh, it actually, it works with two uh, two local installed, uh, installed agents, one proxy and one agent. Uh, so uh. it has a proxy on the domain controller. So or you, an agent you don't even controller. need to sync your stuff up to the Azure AD, right? Uh, no. You need to sync the um, the user accounts. So first name, last name, domain needs to be synced. Sure, but, but not the passwords. Not, not, no, but that's another thing. Did you see that the... Um, UK Cyber Protection Agency, or whatever they are called, now recommends all of public sector in the UK to synchronize their password hashes to Azure. I did not. Why Why did they do that? Because that enables you to use the uh, f- features in Azure AD that protects you from leaked credentials, as an example. So if you oh. synchronize your uh, password hashes to Azure AD... Microsoft is then able to see if that account has been compromised and is, for example, for sale somewhere else. That is very and, very interesting. And there there are a lot of other reasons as well. But that's now the the recommendation. So that's what I recommend everyone. You don't need to use the sign in feature of that but still synchronize the password hashes and then you can use uh, password authentication or ADFS to still do the authentication on prem but the the uh, recommendation in the UK at least um, and I would say that that should be the recommendation for the entire world would be to synchronize your password hashes
0: interesting that, you that, learn something every day absolutely and this is this is I wouldn't say that it's going to change our narrative when we talk to our prospective customers but it is definitely one thing to pull out of the hat.
1: Yeah and and th- this has been yeah that the UK does it but like the actual feature has been available for years already. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um yeah. So that's uh, that's that. Um so the big news item for for actually yesterday uh, and I haven't Really looked into all the reports from that event, but Microsoft had a um, device event yesterday where mm-hmm. they introduced um, officially, perhaps, the Surface Hub to S. So now? now with the new Surface Hub, and of course they will have an S version and an X version. So the S version will be available shortly i haven't seen any dates or yet prices to be honest i need to look that up Uh, but it will be available probably before summer would be my guess but i haven't seen it Mm -hmm. yet so so don't take my word for it and that would be the surface hub 2s surface hub 2s will have the new form factor and the new hardware but will run the same operating system or an updated one of course that the Surface Hub 1 uses. Mm -hmm. So the operating system will be the same across Surface Hub 1 and Surface Hub 2S. Uh, But the Surface Hub 2S, of course, have all um, the amazing new features. And then the Surface Hub 2X, which will be introduced next year, will have even more features, but will be the same hardware as the 2S. And the 2S will actually be upgradable, but just um, changing... um, think of it as a um, um, what's the name of it um, you know the the screens where you can pull out a cassette or what's the name of it um,
0: The what a, a,
1: a, a slot in pc oh yeah cool. so you'll be able to upgrade that uh, and then you will get the new operating system with the 2x so you pretty much just changed the brains of the thing Yep. Yeah, exactly uh, huh. So it's it's absolutely amazing. It's, let's see, the tech specs. It's, where's the size of it? It should be 50-inch um, 50, uh, 50 display with uh, plus 4K resolution, 3 by 2 aspect ratio, 15.5 uh, millimeter border, which is yeah, the, really, the, really, really thin the, the for such a large device. The bevels are super thin. Uh Of course, more touch points than you would ever need <laughs> on it uh it will weigh in at twenty eight kilos, which is almost or I think it's more than twenty kilos less than the old one,
0: yeah, and it looks way less clunky yes, uh the, you know the, uh, the only yep. the only gripe I had with this, and I think you will agree is that the camera is mounted on top, and it looks like a bolt-on job. You can actually move that camera around. Yeah, but it's still not integrated into the screen. No, and do you know why? Because some customers desperately do
1: not want an always-on camera. That could be one thing. The other thing is that when we go to the 2X, you will be able to um, put them together. So combine two or four of them. And if you were to integrate the cameras, uh, you would then get a huge number of cameras, which could lead to some challenges where you perhaps would want one centralized camera rather than two or four that are slightly off-center.
0: Hmm, That's also a very good point.
1: Yeah. Uh, So... uh, they will be there. Uh, you have uh, <laughs> It's one of the very few Surface devices with USB-C. <laughs> Ooh. And they actually have five USB-C ports in total. Wait
0: a second. The whole shebang
1: has a battery. Yes, that's the awesome part. They've just introduced the APC charged mobile battery so this 2s you you can make this truly mobile so two hours of battery life which i i put perhaps i've counted on more uh but two hours is just amazing you can make it truly mobile
0: you know that is going to open up some very exciting use cases for this thing Absolutely. Um, do you know if this still uh, s- supports uh, rotating the screen?
1: Mm no, not yet. That will be the feature of the 2X.
0: That that's part of the the brains of the 2X.
1: Okay. Yes, yes. So the 2X will be so this physically is able to rotate. Uh but the operating system as far as I know doesn't support it yet. That will be the two X. So, the question is: Will they be able to
0: mass produce this in quantities that they failed to do for the Surface
1: uh, Hub One? Yes, yes, because they now do not use their own factory. Ah, yeah. So it's now manufactured somewhere else. So they will.
0: It's a beautiful device. It has. It is crammed with smart ideas and solutions. And personally, I think it looks way better than, for instance, the um, uh, Spark... No, it's not called the Spark port anymore. It's the WebEx port. The WebEx port, which might actually be one of the absolutely worst names ever, but that's my personal opinion.
1: No, 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 no. The even worst one is that they renamed Spark to WebEx Teams. So the app, if you run WebEx Teams on your mobile device, is named Teams. Just at a certain other collaboration product... From us at another software vendor.
0: Uh, and you know, I think on that actual bombshell, it is time to end this week's show. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. We will be back with more content from Ignite the Tour next week.
1: Absolutely. And then from Global Azure Bootcamp.
0: And definitely from Global Azure Bootcamp. We will see you then. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.